What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And you guys, we just finished recording with maybe one of my favorite guests ever. Like, she truly blew my mind. Um, This was a helpster's choice topic. It's Tantra. And we had on Michaela Boehm, who is, you guys, she's the Michaela Boehm. Relationship expert specializing in tantric practices. Oh my God, it was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She's an international expert in intimacy, relationship, and sexuality. Her ongoing private clients include Oscar-winning actors, producers, and multiple Grammy-winning musicians like Will Smith and Gwyneth Paltrow, to name a few. Just just casually throwing those names out there. She's obviously very trusted by some very important people. Um, And she has a new book that is out now, uh, called The Wild Woman's Way. And Delaney and I just had an incredible time talking to her. Yeah. And she also has like a background in psychology and all kinds of stuff. Like she is a freaking brilliant badass. Yes. And if you don't know anything about Tantra, uh, we didn't either. So just yeah. know that we get into everything and we just learned so much. Um, this is coming out on November 29th. So I, you can go to kelseycook.com, get those tour date tickets. We just added a ton for 2022. I know I'm going to be in San Diego, January 7th and 8th and, uh, comics roadhouse in Connecticut at the end of January, just so much. So go to kelseycook.com and get those tickets. How about you, Del? Awesome. You can go to delaneyfisher.com for information about business simplicity coaching. And I have a lot of complimentary resources for simplifying and scaling your business uh, on my website as well. Perfect. All right, guys, without further ado, please enjoy our interview with Michaela Bohm. Michaela, thank you so much for being here. We are so freaking excited to have you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yes, I was just joking with you before the show. I feel like every time I watch Netflix, I see you on there. It's like, oh my gosh, I love this person. (laughs) You are just so cool. Um, So uh, we love to kick off the show with our guest's favorite or least favorite quote. If you have one prepared, we'd love to hear it. I don't have one prepared, but I can tell you my most favorite quote, which is uh, very basic in the sense that it's Rumi um, and everybody loves Rumi, right? So it's, it's, it's one of those. Uh, it's called uh, Set Your Life on Fire, Seek Those Who Fan the Flames. 
one. I feel like that is very tantra appropriate. It is. Is. Probably. So good. Yes. So, so good. I think that that's probably one that I always feel very drawn to because it's, you know, it's uh it's apropos in many ways, including the fact that my house once burned down. So, you know. Oh, no. Yes, oh, I'm yes. so sorry. Yeah, in one of those big wildfires. So um, oh, I love that quote God. before my house burned down. And then it was like, yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> no. it really speaks to you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is everything okay now? Your home? Yeah, I'm rebuilt. Um Wow. And, uh, you know, we rebuilt stuff is regrowing. Um, everything's, uh, well, I wouldn't say back to normal because there are certain things you just don't recover from, you know, but, yeah. uh, but oh. as far as things can go, it, uh, it has settled uh, very nicely and I have a new house and I got to move in there right before COVID started. So it's all pretty good. Things okay now. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Um, so, so the quote we, is not an invitation to arson. It's what I'm trying to say. You don't want people to take it too literally. Right. Just to clarify, disclaimer. Yeah. Um, um. Awesome. So I feel like a good place to start would just be, can you share with us like what is Tantra or Tantra, if I'm mispronouncing it? Well, it depends, right? So there is a classic explanation of Tantra and there's also the, 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 the um, a translation of the word Tantra, right? And then there is how it's viewed in, let's say, the West, uh, to do a little bit of a basket statement here, um, as something that you see out there, right? And what you see out there mostly is Neo-Tantra in, in in effect, which is an adaptation of some tantric principles um, to what's considered um, both palatable and exciting in Western traditions, right? So that's one way we can say it. Classically speaking, it's an entire body of um, literature and writings and scriptures, however you would want to say that, that have to do with um, uh, reaching levels of awakening and enlightenment via certain practices, you know, uh, and techniques. And so how that, of course, translates into how we're working with it nowadays is that um, in the tantric, the tantric principles have to do with essentially um, taking the body and your entire experience, including having a busy life and, kids and animals and whatever, and bringing that into your spiritual experience as well. And so that's the way I look at it in the sense that um, I think that everything that one does can be important and can be sacred and can be helping along our general relationship with ourselves and another, right? In Tantra, there's always an um, emphasis on bringing the body along versus kind of disowning the body to just go up here into the spiritual realms. And because of some of the classical practices within Tantra, which are by no means all sexual, mind you, right? But there is a sexual aspect to it in the context of engaging with relationship as a means of um, let's say awakening or realization. And this is, you know, a quick and dirty, any scholar will, you know, uh, whip me with uh, some ancient text for uh, you know, <laughs> like, like just quick like and dirty on this flapping it about. But but for what we are talking about, this is not, you know, much of what is said out there is not really relevant. Um, what's relevant is that a lot of people look at Tantra as a way to explore the relationship in sexuality because some aspect of Tantric teachings has to do with uh, the principles of, um, you know, um, attraction and chemistry, polarity between opposites and how that attracts and um, also uh, sexual practice as a means of, uh, you know, in, uh, to gain insight. And when you kind of take it um, 
away from all the spiritual stuff uh, for a moment, right? Because different people have different views on that. And just look at it. We can all agree on the fact that you can be as enlightened and Zen and chill and wonderful as uh, you want to be till you end up in a relationship. And then all of that goes down, down the drain or out the window very quickly when another is involved and when all our, uh, let's say, uh, insecurities, shortcomings, uh, childhood imprints, bad um, previous relationship experiences suddenly come, you know, right <laughs> up here and you have to deal with them. So right. um, the way I like to look at it and the way I use it in my work is um, is to essentially um, work with whatever shows up via the body in relationship and that will, of course, uh, support and improve relationship and sexual engagement, but it will also make you a much more aware human being when it comes to the bigger picture, including the, let's say, spiritual uh, picture. Okay. So interesting. <laughs> so, I, so I know. Okay. So, which I'm sure we will have shared this in the intro as well, that some of your clients include like Will Smith and Gwyneth Paltrow. And what what does a first session with you look like? Um, I know you were just saying that you like to kind of maybe get into people's background a little bit, but if somebody's completely new to Tantra, doesn't know anything, what would they expect from a, a first session with you? Well, I want to say also just to for full disclosure, I'm I don't consider myself just a tantric practitioner, right? As mm -hmm. what I do for work, I have an entire body of work that uh, is uh, filled in by um, in-depth, you know, trauma therapy training, in-depth Jungian psychology training, thirty thousand plus one-on-one -on -one client counseling sessions. Uh, now almost 14 years of in-depth workshop creation and teaching all over the world in with all different kinds of people and uh, you know circumstances. So my body of work isn't tantra in the sense that I sit people down and now they have to chant alms and uh, look very spiritual while I wave some incense and stuff. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely not what is happening, right? Right. My the principles of my work are tantric in the sense, like I said, that I come via the body because, of course, also the body is what makes, uh, let's say, sex and relationship different from many other things where you can get away thinking the right stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking about good sex does not make you have good sex, as we <laughs> all know. Yeah. You gotta have understanding in the body. You gotta have skill. You gotta have tools. You gotta, you gotta know what you're doing, and that's also true for relationships. So that all said, there is no such thing as a typical session in the sense that every single person I work with comes with a set of circumstances that I drill down into. So uh, what that means is, I will in the first session. What is typical in the first session is, I will ask a lot of questions, um, and I will, and the questions are not so much let's say, family of origin questions or, um, you know, behavioral questions primarily. They're questions around, um, you know, what happens when this happens? Uh, why are you doing this? Um, what would you like to have happen instead? You know, like, wh why are you in relationship? What kind of relationship do you want? You know, things of that nature, if we are in the relational domain. But often people also come to me not only for relationships, but to really optimize and maximize what they have for all different kinds of uh, things, including performance and, and high performance. And so in a typical session, I kind of do what I often call diagnostics, right? Where I'm essentially uh, putting the person through a set of circumstances that allow them to um, really see what's underneath what they think is happening. And okay. that that's a very important aspect of my work is that I essentially go wherever we need to go. So um, the, the, the underlying issues are being worked with. Okay. Yes. 
So when, let's say that, you know, when couples come to you for support in strengthening their connection or, you know, their sexual chemistry, whatever it might be, have you found that there's some kind of common obstacles people tend to have or where they're miscommunicating and how the body kind of displays that in your sessions? Yes and yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think the first thing to be said there is that there is two, I I for myself in the work I do, and this has been the case for many, many years because I've been at it for a long time, you know, almost 24 years now um, where I've been working with people one-on-one. So typically there's two kinds of issues, some issues or, or obstacles or whatever you would want to call it problems um, are of a relational nature. So meaning there's a problem in the relationship aspect. And then there's there's a whole other set of circumstances where there's a problem in the sexual attraction, chemistry, whatever you would want to call it, um, aspect. And the two shall never meet, by the way. Meaning uh, when people think they have a relational problem, they often don't have a relational problem. They have a sexual problem or, or erotic problem, you know. Um, or intimacy problem, however you want to say it. And often the problems are not actually a sign of a bad relationship. So that's that's the first thing that typically happens is that people don't know what's what, right? So I'll give you a quick, like really down and dirty kind of synapses of those two things, right? Mm-hmm. So there's two different principles that apply to what happens when people want to be in, let's say, intimate relationship, whatever that means to them, right? One is the relational aspect, and one is the, let's say, sexual, romantic, erotic chemistry aspect. And so in the beginning, what typically happens is we have people who don't know each other and they find out that they like each other and they have chemistry, right? And so it's this exciting moment in time. You talk all night, you know, you talk all night when you don't have sex, you have lots of sex. It's really all amazing. And it's, you know, so, and you know, you feel like you know this person and they know you and, and, you know, but at the same time, it's beautiful and new and exciting. Right. So that's commonly um, called the honeymoon, so to speak, right? The, the courting period, the dating period. In that period, the two different aspects intersect. So meaning there's two aspects. One is um, opposites attract. The other one is birds of a feather stick together. Right. So opposites attract makes for the exciting sexual chemistry. Birds of a feather stick together makes for the commonality that allows people to find the common ground on which they build the relationship. So when you meet somebody, both of those things happen at the same time. You don't know them. So it's super exciting. There's this hotness to it. Right. Everything's new, the touch, the kiss, the way they feel, the, you know, the smell, the the way their apartment looks, you know, like all of these things are like crazy exciting. So you have that (laughs) way their apartment looks. (laughs) Later, you're like, oh, God, I hate the sofa. It's like, oh, I have never seen a sofa like this, right? You haven't formed an opinion about the sofa yet. That lava lamp is doing things for me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You're like, oh, well, I haven't seen one of those since 1965. (laughs) If you're that old, right? Um, Or since since when I grew up with my parents. Yeah. Uh, But then, of course, later it's like, oh, God, I hate this thing. If you would just have a better lamp, you know, when I'm done with him, um, you know, his apartment will be up to snuff, but but in the beginning it's all cool. Yes, like any other way around. So you have the crazy wild attraction. It's like this amazing thing which comes from opposites attract with this arc of you know like hotness. That's why sometimes we call it erotic friction. In my tantric tradition, it's called erotic friction. So erotic friction tells you everything. It's it's hot, there's friction, right? Mm-hmm. And it's erotic. But of course, friction also makes for disagreement. But that's a, that's a story for another day. 
So you have the super exciting stuff happening. It's all amazing. And then at the same time, you spend this time finding commonalities. We both have this bizarre uh, love for 16th century medieval poetry, right? Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, you also like sushi or whatever, right? <laughs> so roomy. Um, and so you build like the commonalities. And then of course, as the relationship progresses, you get more and more common areas. And the marker of a good relationship is actually that you have a lot in common. Right. Um, and the more you have in common, the more harmonious the relationship will be. Uh, you know, a meat eater and a vegan, hmm, not so good. Different uh, political uh, dispositions, not so good. Delaney's in a marriage as a vegan with a meat eater. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. my marriage. Yeah. Well, then yeah. sex should be great. Um, <laughs> Hey, you're right about that. Yeah. So <laughs> the opposition creates the sexual thing, but in the relationship that can cause issues unless you have proper communication, which by the way is also a relationship tool, not a sexual tool, right? So communication, common goals, common values, common interests, common friends, common memories, common styles of sofas, whatever, right? <laughs> That's what makes the relationship super harmonious. The more you have that, the less exciting the sex gets. What a bitch. This right? is just... That is, isn't that the bummer of the century? It really is. <laughs> but fear not. That is why we use tantric principles, because it's much, much harder to get somebody with whom you have a lot in common, right? So if you find somebody with, you, with whom you have really good commonality and you have, you know, all the beautiful joint things, that's the way to go. The other thing you can artificially create when you want to, because the principles of attraction are like physics, right? But while the principles of good communication, uh, good resonance, good agreement, uh, mutual respect, they're not that easy to find, right? You have to work a lot harder to find that. As we all know, <clears throat> you know, we sometimes have the best sexual chemistry with the people who are really not good people. Maybe that's just me, right? But I think a lot of people you're not are alone in that. Yeah. I know. Right? And, and I, I, if, if I would get paid for every time somebody said to me, I didn't even like him, right? <laughs> Or her, um, you know, and then, yeah. you know, you know how that goes. So that all said, um, these are the two principles that are at play. Unfortunately, when we talk about common obstacles is that a lot of people where the education starts, which is why we're talking about it, is that uh, when people's uh, sexual chemistry or, or let's say the sexual uh, attraction or erotic friction wanes, they think that the relationship is over or doomed, right? Because of course we also have so much self-worth wrapped up in the thing and, you know, all of that, that's a separate conversation altogether. But as a matter of fact, it's just a sign that the relationship has progressed now to a point where maybe people have moved in together, right? Or they, they started a business together or they're about to start a family or they just started a family and, um, and they have all the friends in common suddenly and they live in the same place and it's a small place. So they don't have a lot of space. So suddenly they're like joined at the hip. And also, by the way, there's still kind of a social myth around that being a thing, right? There are some people who hashtag relationship goals, right? <laughs> we are one person moving as one. Well, that's really great for the relationship. It sucks for your sex life. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the first <laughs> and foremost prescription here is be your own person. Um, be interesting to your partner that you used to be when you were dating. Why did you have great sex? Well, because you had things to talk about that you could talk about before you had sex and then after you had sex, right? Yeah. And then people somehow think that they should have like this amazing sex life 
when they talk about the bills and the kids and when the dog threw up and what needs <laughs> to happen tomorrow. And they've already talked about what happened at work and now they sit at their romantic dinner and it's like, you know, and then you get resentful because now it isn't very sexy. And then the last bit of goodwill goes out the window and then you eat too much and then you go home and you prevent yourself from having great sex because you're full and pissed off and resentful. <laughs> and then you put your sweats on and you settle down for sitting next to each other on the sofa in your sweats, eating out of the same bowl, watching an old episode of fill in the blanks. <laughs> God, this is so good. It's like you're an expert on this or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm just dying to know. Let's say that a couple comes to you. They've been married for 20 years and they have all those common values and it makes their relationship so incredibly strong. But yeah, the sex is kind of dwindling and they don't feel that thing anymore. How do you help them solve that? Like what steps do you actually take to strengthen that sexual connection after you've gotten into that plateau? Yeah, well, there's a few steps to it, you know, so I'm going to talk about those steps provided that there isn't some injury that has been incurred by the lack of the chemistry, right? So injuries would be infidelities, um, you know, unauthorized porn use. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Other uh, behaviors, let's say other uh, uh, replacement behaviors, uh, excessive shopping, gambling, drinking, whatever, right? So so let's just say that isn't, that that there isn't some kind of a thing. There's just, we'd like for it to be more exciting. We really love each other. It's not very exciting. It's boring. Now the kids have left the house or whatever, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, or the kids are in kindergarten and we haven't done it in three years. And, you know, like that kind of stuff that happens. So yeah. then the first step is to essentially, the first question I will ask, and anybody listening can do this, what worked when you were dating? And then the next question is, are you still doing those things? Oh my God. It's so simple and obvious. Yes. <laughs> We've complicated it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. So the answer is most likely, no, we're not doing that anymore. Right. So here are some of the principles. This is why it's like physics, right? The principles of good attraction is don't spend every moment together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So, which is what, when you're dating, you actually, You don't spend time together, but then you make the time to be together. And when you make the time to be together, you actually prepare for that. How do you prepare for that? You do everything from making fun plans. So it's exciting. Or you spruce yourself up, polish, buff, shave, whatever, right? (laughs) Dress. Um, So that you are presentable in, in, in the romantic domain, right? Because you feel good about yourself. It's not, it's not about the gaze of another. It's about feeling really good about oneself and also about making a bit of an effort, right? It's a special moment. Um, Then you take time away from your regular life. So you can actually tend to that building of the relationship, which means you're probably not going to be twittering while uh, dating, right? For the most part, Um, not at the same time, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And uh, you probably will not have a business meeting in between lunch and, uh, you know, and your romantic walk or whatever else you're doing. So those are some of the things to reinstate. Spend time apart before you get together. Maybe even meet somewhere and drive there separately. If you drive there together, do not talk about your daily life, right? Um, uh, you know, make an effort, plan something interesting. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery 
starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Now, uh, one other aspect of good uh, attraction is leading and following. You know, that, that's one of the big principles, the dark and, you know, the dark and light, night and day or whatever you want to call it, leading and following. So people can take turns uh, planning a date and executing a date and the other person gets surprised by it and goes along for the ride. No complaining uh, once you've established the common, you know, boundaries around what's admissible and not. Um, so... Yeah. Somebody misquoted me the other day in an article when I said you can't complain when somebody's done something nice for you. And they said that I wasn't um, obeying the common ideas of consent. And uh, mind you, this was in context of a relationship that's been going on for 18 years and where the people consensually wanted advice on how to be with each other. Right. So so that's why I'm doing the disclaimer um, handle your consent, consent uh, you, you know, conversations before you go on dates. And then when you go on dates, uh, just go along for a nice ride, uh, positively enforce what works. And of course, set boundaries when it doesn't work. Right. I mean, the fact that I even have to say that, but I do have to say that because um, I want to make sure that people know that when I say don't complain, uh, what I'm talking about is the habitual nagging that people in long-term relationships sometimes, not often, engage in. The, criti- just, the criticizing the of criticizing somebody's that idea going of what's for the wrong Yeah, sure. The right, right? Sure. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about, not overriding one's agency. Yes. Um, so with that disclaimer made, you can lead and follow. And the person who is leading within all the um, normal rules of consent makes a date and doesn't and, and assumes that it's cool for both unless other and, and, and otherwise proven is hard rules around uh, safety and not complaints because it's not quite right. right 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 so so meaning if your partner um takes you to magic mountain instead of disneyland you can't complain if you love theme parks if you are mortally afraid of roller coasters you can say no when taken on a roller coaster right those are the golden rules if somebody (laughs) takes you to to a mexican restaurant you shouldn't be like I kind of like this other place better. I wish you would have chosen that other place. It's like just being more appreciative of, hey, they went out of their way to design this date and I'm going to enjoy it. Do unto your partner as you would have if if you would want them to do unto you when you plan the next date. Sure. Right. That's a good golden rule. Yeah. But so, yeah, people can take turns. Um, You know, you can play around with adventure, new things. Uh, one of the things that, of course, makes dating so exciting is it's all new. And then, of course, once you're in a relationship, um, you do the things that you always do because that's comfortable and commonality. So you always go to the little restaurant on the corner where they know your name and they bring your food out without you having to um you know, order. And that's very cool when you want to have a companionable, uh, wonderful, relationally satisfying evening. Mm -hmm. If you want a hot date, that's probably not the way to go. You might want to go where they do the fire juggling while they're chopping your steak. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, knife throwing. Uh, Casey, my uh, the woman who runs my my business, uh, and her husband just uh, on Sunday, I think Saturday or Sunday, went on a date to an axe throwing place. Mm-hmm. There's such thing now as axe throwing as a recreational activity combined with drinks, which seems oh, someone's losing an arm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have to sign That's a lot of waivers before those dates. I'm pretty sure there's waivers involved, but. <laughs> 
I, I would imagine so. Cool, that was a pretty cool date as far as a new exciting activity that neither of them had ever done before. Totally. Uh, also massively Instagrammable if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> content, 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 baby. I'm right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, so all of those things, right? Anything that's adventurous, anything that you would have done on an actual date where you make a bit of an effort for the sake of it being a a special moment between two people. So all of that works. In addition to that, and this is the thing that I was saying earlier, is you have to stay your own person. Meaning outside of that romantic date, you are also um, having to be somebody who has a life and is interested and has something to contribute that goes beyond, guess what happened with Kathy at, in the office today? She did it again, right? So, and that would mean maybe having some kind of a hobby or uh, interest or even reading something that you can bring to an occasion where it's just you and your partner um, without the kids or dogs or friends or whatever, where you can go, you know what I read yesterday? I never knew this. And this is really interesting. And did you know that? Or, oh, you know, I'm, I listened to this podcast and here are some things that I thought were really something I've never asked you about or whatever. Right. Right. When in doubt, there's now great, um, several actually great kind of card games where you can ask, I was just you know, say, yeah. uh, you know, there was one to begin with, what was it? Cards against humanity or something yes. like that. But now there's like lots of different ones with different focus, um, some sexier than others, but there's some really fun stuff out there where you could, you know, kind of go, you pick the card for the other even, or you pick a card and you have to go with it and, yeah. and stuff like that. So there's all kinds of ways that you can um, create a different set of circumstances. And you'd be surprised how quickly that changes things, which by the way, is why people go to hotels and vacations. Those are all attempts to create adventure and different. So different is good. Adventurous is good. Leading and following is good. Interesting stuff is good. And, um, uh, you know, essentially undivided attention is good. So those are some things that anyone can do. You don't have to buy into all these rather outdated modes of masculine and feminine and all of that, which is, you know, in the tantric Traditions, they talk about uh, God and goddess as means of uh, engaging into into the two different principles and the opposing and the dance of the opposing views. Right. But we're not in uh, 2000 uh, BC and uh, some people don't identify like that anymore. And it's hugely gender stereotypical. And does nobody a favor if you slice it by the man always needs to lead and the woman? Well, what if it's two men in a relationship? What do you do then? Or two women or two people who are not identifying in the common ways that people identified 2000 BC, perhaps, right? right? If they even did. So that's why I shy away from using any of those terms. And I'm looking much more at uh, the the common dynamics that any human with a nervous system can play with. Yeah. I love the leading and following tip because I think um, most couples in a long-term relationship know, um, well, okay, we should, we should try something new tonight. Let's, let's not go to the restaurant we usually go to. Let's go try a new restaurant. But even that is still a thing that you're doing together. There isn't really an element of surprise other than the newness of that restaurant. But I love the idea of trading off and on with, okay, tonight is your night that you get to set up this because it, it's surprising. And I feel like that is more oriented with the beginning of a relationship where somebody's like, I'm going to take you on a romantic getaway and not tell you what we're going to do. Exactly. But it's go easy on to go ride, baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> go both ways. And by, you know, and I, Steve and Steve, my teaching partner and I, we just uh, finished and released this entire relationship course where 
it's like all these different modules and working on stuff. And in the last module, it's all about the leading and following. And there I give you a preview of that because it's apropos. There I give this exercise because, you know, you always have to have practical exercises. So it actually, you learn with the body. Uh, I call it the jar exercise. And the jar exercise, what you can do is you can essentially pre-write things that you want to uh, do or not do, discover or not discover, however you want to play it, right? Mostly what you want to discover or fantasies or places or activities. And then you can pick out of the jar, there's different ways of doing it. So, um, you know, you can kind of even, if you don't have any ideas, you can just take one of your partner's suggestions and then surprise them with them with it when they least expect it. Uh, so you can use it as a communication tool, but also some way to jog certain things, or you could use it in a way that you can communicate stuff that you always wanted to do, you know? So there's all different kinds of ways you, you can play with that. So it it's, it has to be playful. It can't be a chore. You right. can't start uh, a date with this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. No one's coming at the end yeah. of that date. Uh, <laughs> yes. no, nobody's going. <laughs> Nevertheless, never mind coming. Nobody's going, you know. <laughs> right. And the jar example is such a great way to ensure um, – that the person is going to be excited because it's something that they suggested. Ultimately, you're just surprising them with what it happens to be that day, but that removes a little bit of a risk of them being like, Oh, uh, okay. But they secretly are like, I don't want to eat the tarantula. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that it doesn't have to be like huge and extravagant and like crazy stuff to add novelty in the relationship. I remember my husband and I are like, internet wasn't working for a whole day. And so we like sat in the living room with a drink and we wrote like a funny song about each other. And it was so much fun. And it was like, we would have not done that unless the internet was out. We need to do more of this type of thing. And it was free and simple. And so like just getting creative with that, I really love that. And I think I've, I've known that to be true in my relationship too. And we're doing something that's just out of the ordinary. Um, I'm curious to know about some like physical exercises people can do. Cause I've seen that, you know, the different shows that you've been on, you, you really walk people through some really cool kind of physical things. Um, could you share some stuff that people might be able to try with their partner at home, AKA me tonight with my husband? <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, right. Um, all of these things follow principles. And when you understand the principles, you can be, um, much more creative, right? Because one of the things with these exercises is if you just prescribe the exercise, it becomes a very rote thing. And sometimes you see this in workshops, particularly. Uh, you didn't ask me about my my least favorite quote. This makes me think of my least favorite quote. I'll tell you later. <laughs> you only asked a best quote. You should ask a least favorite quote. Um, no. We we ask either or, but you can share the other one right now. You ask either or. Yeah, yeah. But But you can share both. Feel free. Uh, Well, I'll 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 follow that non sequitur a bit later. But but so so sometimes in in workshops people go do this and you will have great sex. Well, the problem with that is that it's it it might be a principle that's applied and it works once. But of course, once you've done it once, it doesn't really work that great anymore. And also, if your partner knows that it's coming, they don't. it doesn't really work that much. And also, it doesn't take your individual likes and dislikes into account. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So instead of giving you the one thing you can do, I'm going to give you a few principles that you can work with. So one of the big things that happens a lot um, and that I you know, talk about and write about all the time is that people don't understand that what you need to do with your body, mind, uh, you know, focus when you work is not what you need when you want to be sexy, romantic, or connected. Right? It's just not. And that this is this is not very esoteric, right? Or, or woo-woo. It's very simple. We have a certain amount of electrical output on the cortex of the brain. And that electrical output then goes on to, you know, nerves and, you know, patterns and all of that. I'm not a neurobiologist, so I'm not doing a very good job explaining this, but, <laughs> but it essentially drops down and then makes your body and, you know, do everything it does, including um, maintaining the, the, the body, maintaining all the functions within the system, but also thinking and doing and whatever else you do, right? That all happens uh, via electrical output. Contrary to a computer, we can't upgrade our RAM other than, you know, plus minus a few up and downs. So what that means is whatever you got is what you got. And what what that entails in the system of our body is that wherever we need the most energy is where it's going to go. And the areas where it's not needed there, the energy isn't sent there, right? I mean, that makes perfect sense. It's like in the olden days when we had computers where we had to close windows when we wanted other things to go faster, right? right? So that's essentially how our system works. So what that then means is if you do intense, uh, let's say, thinking, doing, planning, talking, organizing work, all and typing and looking at the computer as we're doing right now, right? All my attention is essentially here, right? That's my attention. So what that means is down here where I'm just having my ass in a chair, I don't need a lot of energy, right? Right. On the contrary, the more energy I have down there, the less I can have up here. So typically when I'm sitting here, what happens is all my attention goes where I need it. If I do that all day, every day, I will get chronic uh, pooling of that in extra energy, aka tight neck, jaw, you know, forehead, headaches, clenched jaw, all of that. That just comes from all the energy pooling here all the freaking time. And I'm talking to you and, you know, it's thinking, thinking, doing, doing, typing, typing, looking, looking. Right? And oh, down I here, feel so seen. Yeah, this, this, is, well this, this is our life these days, particularly. Yeah. Let me show you my uh, night guard I sleep in so I don't break my own teeth at night from right. clenching my jaw. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what we're all working with, right? And and that makes sense because you don't need energy down here. But of course, then once you want to be sexy, romantic, pleasure-filled, intuitive, playful, where do you need the energy? Um, From the belly button down, right? Mm -hmm. So meaning all the stuff that us free-flowing, moving around, rolling in the hay or other places, right? Uh, feeling, connecting, um, moving happens down here. Well, if we're, whatever the human body does most is where the strongest habit patterns are. So if we're habitually up here and that's what we do eight hours a day, then our um, sexy feeling, intuitive, rolling in the hay patterns are not eight hours a day for most of us, right? Unless you're in that industry, perhaps, you know? <laughs> but whatever that industry might be. Sure. But so what that then means is that you need different parts of your body active for the things that are commonly, you know, pleasure and the erotic and all of that. So, so that said, what you want to do for yourself as well as your partner is bring the excess attention from here to there. How do you do that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get my pencil. I know. 
<laughs> Teach us your ways. Well, it's super simple. Remember, energy, that, that, there's a saying about this, right? Attention goes where energy flows or energy flows where attention goes. You can go either which way. So you must bring the attention to the areas where you want the energy to go. How do you do that? Touch. Super simple. So what's furthest away from your head? Your feet. Yes. So this is one of the most um, surefire ways to actually start reversing that flow is you touch your partner's feet. They touch your feet. And, and often what I tell people to do is sit on the sofa across from each other. Right. So you, you're actually looking at each other. Put your phones in a box, turn the internet off. I know people, by the way, more and more so who have an external switch, a time switch on their Wi-Fi where it goes down at a certain time. Whoa. You know? Okay. Yeah. Which I think is super useful you know? or things of that nature mm -hmm. where you just go, okay, you know, phone goes in a box for the evening. Um, box isn't being opened and box goes in a basement. So you have to actually go there to check your messages. You're going to think about it twice, you know, or the yeah. outhouse, if you happen such a thing right? yeah. in the snow. Um, and then what you do is you just sit and you give each other attention, which is one of those lost arts in relationship is full, open relaxed attention like you were saying you were sitting in the sitting room you couldn't be on the computer you actually gave each other attention you had fun you played right you probably sat on the floor you know moved your bodies bopped along to a song you know you did all those things instinctively that we do when we want to connect body to body and we want to have have a fun time so sit with your partner and bring the energy from here down Cardinal sin number one that people sometimes do that don't understand that if you touch the head because it's tight, you're still bringing the attention to the head and the energy will stay there mm. or the shoulders, right? Even though that might feel good, it's much, much more fun to squeeze the calves, to massage the feet, to press your fingers into the you know bottom of the foot. Um, foot massages are, I think, equal to blowjobs both ways, men to women, women to men, as, a, as an art that you should cultivate, right? Because, wow. Because you should, you should be able to give a killer foot massage. Mm, Regardless wow. of your gender and orientation, it's like a thing you should be able to do. Like oral sex is a thing you should know about, right? Right. Um, right. As a skill, because, you know, because why not? But, <laughs> But it to be <laughs> You're like because you know, <laughs> duh. Good to keep in your back pocket. <laughs> and, and so the reason I'm saying specifically oral sex versus regular sex, sometimes somebody in a relationship is tired, right? And they're worn out, and they can barely keep their their shit together. And you want to just give a bit of relief, so you massage the feet, or you know. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> but mind you, here's the problem with just a blowjob, right? If somebody is totally not in their body, that's not really fun. And it's it it's a lot of work for both people involved. So, you know, that old, oh, just give him a blowjob or just give her whatever, right? It isn't true when you're that much in your head. You need that interim step where you essentially go, let us be with each other and let's bring ourselves energetically to the place where we actually want to engage. And then you don't have to have all those fancy sex tricks and tips and stuff, because once you're actually feeling down there, well, why wouldn't you want to engage? Yeah. This is blowing my mind. This is so These, interesting. There's been so many simple takeaways and like very tangible tips, which I always appreciate that like we can all easily apply. And I love yes. that. And uh, wow. Yes. And by the way, just so that you know, because it's very apropos timing, I don't know when you're going to air this thing, but um, my entire thir last third of my book is all short practical exercises. Oh, oh I love that. Bless yes. you. Solo as well as partnered 
in all different ways because one of the things that I've learned in, in my years of doing this is that if it can't be done in a few minutes, it's not going to get done most likely. Mm-hmm. Right, all the f- the fancy aspirational, crazy tantric pretzel uh, exercises <laughs> probably not gonna happen unless you don't have a normal life. Right, right. So everything I give has to be able to be done in a short period of time by two people who are utterly exhausted, or by one person who is utterly exhausted, but who wants to shift from the head into the body, or who wants to go from doing into being, or sometimes I call it go versus flow, right? So however you want to shift that, if when you have simple tools, you can shift it. Here's another one. So this is, so we did the feet, right? Touching of the feet, giving each other attention. The other one is just some good old crazy jumping around to some music, moving your hips. Mm-hmm. Well, Shakira. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. In some way or another, uh, ideally nothing choreographed, nothing fancy, bouncing up and down, bopping up and down, anything that makes, you know, kind of your energy drop. Yeah. And you know, you can do that with a partner. There's no reason why you couldn't put some music on uh, while you're preparing a meal and, and hopping about a bit or dancing with each other a bit or, you know, doing anything that doesn't involve listening, speaking, doing, getting stuff done, uh, which right. brings you back up into the head. Right. Yeah. And so this episode is going to come out on November 29th. Will your book be out by then? November 9th is when it hey. well, the book is out. The book is out, but the okay. paperback's coming out. The book's been out and there's a hard copy. There's also an audio reading with fun because I got to read all the exercises as if I'm teaching oh, them, cool. which was really, really cool. Amazing. So there's an audio version. There's a heart, there's a heart back, you know, like a, like a heart cover version. There's a Kindle version. There's an audio CD. But I'm super, super excited because <laughs> I wasn't too crazy about the cover on on the on the book, um, and I got a new cover for the for the paperback, and I, I'm so excited about it. It's like you know a brand new book to me. Oh, because congratulations! Yeah, and so what's it cool. called? It's called The Wild Woman's Way. Okay. Um, I have a copy somewhere with the new cover. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, hold it up so people on YouTube can see. I put it on my reading list today. Wild Woman's Way. Oh, the Wild Woman's yes. Way. Reconnect so, to your body's wisdom. I am so looking forward to reading I'm, this. I'm yes. so excited because it's all gold and white and pretty. And it's beautiful. I'm I'm it's going so to exciting. November 9th in my planner right now and writing yeah. yes. the Wild Woman's The hardcover has kind of a gold and purple co- cover, which is not bad, but this is much nicer. Also, this is nice because you can take it with you. And I fought very, very hard, as you, you can see, the sacred practices of the wild woman. Ooh, is, this whole it. entire back is nothing but uh, Amazing. So juicy, baby. So juicy. And where can people find um, your courses and everything like that as well? Like, where, where can people find more of your well, work? Everything there is is on my website, which I'm assuming you'll post in the show notes, or yes. you can look at my name on the screen, MichaelaBohm.com. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> and I also want to say that um, I have a variety of resources from free to, you know, whatever. Um, so to make sure that everyone can get something regardless of where they are and where they want to enter. So there's lots and lots of free podcast material. There's like uh, toolkits that are 37 bucks. There's full instant access courses amongst them, the relationship course, also a course on pleasure and a course about this, uh, this general theme with more detail. Um, and, you know, other stuff, live workshops. There's also classes. I teach uh, movement classes every two weeks uh, of a somatic release uh, methodology that I've developed. So that's like, I don't think, 20 bucks or so. And you can yeah. get guided. And I do a Q&A at the end and we connect and, and everything in between. And I also train teachers and, um, you know, you name it, I got it. 
Oh man. Oh my gosh. Like, we always feel like, you know, we remember these these cartoon characters where they have like these uh these um trench coats and in oh, the yeah. trench coats they have all this shit like yeah. watches and stuff that that's how I sometimes feel because I'm um notoriously prolific in the sense that I don't like doing the same things over and over so I'm constantly creating new stuff and so there's always new things and lots of new things because that's how I like enjoy myself the most yeah <laughs> we feel so lucky to have had you on yeah, I was amazing. just eating up everything you said. Thank you so yeah. much for giving us your time. Yes, oh, it's such a pleasure. Here. Thank you. Well, you know, I mean, I love doing this. So anybody who asks me about it, I'm super happy to talk. Uh, <laughs> so, yay. Well, we're honored. Amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a lovely evening. We'll thank hope to you. talk to you very soon. I yeah. gotta now go and clean the donkey poop to say very, very polite. Not very tantra. <laughs> oh, no, no, very tantra. Is it? Well, you have to remember in tantra, everything is sacred. The ordinary is sacred, and the sacred is ordinary. Oh, every day, every day activity is as sacred as sitting on a perfect meditation cushion in a perfect position. <laughs> And so the tantric way is that everything you do, including the changing of your diapers of the kids, you know, or the um, wiping up the post-Halloween candy mess or whatever there is, is sacred and you can make it such, right? You I can love it. make an offering to your life anywhere you go. So to me, donkey poop is, <laughs> is how I make sure that I attend to the things that are really important in life, which is you know, living beings and yeah, uh, you're taking care that. of your donkeys. One can't exist without the other, right? Yes. Those, yeah. So it's my sense. treat at the end of each day. I go out there and shovel the shit. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing. Oh my God. Incredible. I adore you. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Well, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you so much. You. Thank you so much. Can't wait pleasure. to read your book. Hey everyone, it's Delaney. Just a quick announcement about something I'm very excited about. In two days on Wednesday, December 1st, I'm launching the thing that has been my secret tool throughout my entire career for the past decade. And it's the reason I haven't needed a lot of the mainstream must-have business tactics, also why I was able to leave social media and run a social media-free business. And for the last two years, I've been testing it with my clients and it has resulted in huge media features for them dream collaborations and partnerships, and a shit ton of moolah. Like people are leaving their day jobs and tripling their revenue and working with their favorite celebrities and shit. So I'm thrilled to be sharing it now with you. It's a tool that's proven to boost the crap out of your credibility, aligned visibility and revenue without paid ads or social media burnout, without a sales team agent or PR rep, or having to jump on the latest trends and programs. It's called Aficionado, the process, and it works whether you're a new or seasoned entrepreneur and whether you have a big, small, or non-existent social media following. I've basically taken my 10 years of pitching experience and expertise in entertainment and the entrepreneurial space and put it in a simple, sexy little package for you so you can take control of your business without having to outsmart algorithms or wait for the right people to find you. So if you've been getting ghosted by inquiries or potential clients, you're not landing any media spots you're submitting for, or you don't even know where to start with finding those, uh, you haven't been able to network successfully, or you just want to do all of that at a higher level. For more info, a bunch of testimonials, and to learn about the evolution of this thing, feel free to check out DelaneyFisher.com. Hey, it's, you know, it's just like uh, my life's work. No big deal. All right. Back to whatever we were just doing. Dude, that was <laughs> fucking awesome. I, she is so, no, she's brilliant and also hilarious. Like I could not stop laughing. <laughs> she's I so funny. did not want that interview to end. Um, oh, I like want, I want to be like her best friend. I know. I want I want to do another episode with her. But like I said, maybe we'll do a book review of um of her book because she's being yeah. very generous in sending us copies. So yeah, can't wait to read it. Um so cool. I love the fact that because for me, like I think like most people, you hear you hear the word tantra and like stereotypically you think of like kinky sex. At least that's for yeah. me, right? Like you yeah. think like, oh crazy, wild sex. Yeah. So I didn't expect like some of the big takeaways to be like 
rub your partner's foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like you go on a date, like it's so interesting, kind of the misconceptions I even had about it and how really simple uh, it is and just kind of, a, yeah, different than I, than I thought it would be, like a different type of connection. Me too. Very cool. So we've got a quick iTunes review of the episode. This is from KVI0293. Uh, one of the best podcast shows out there. I love this podcast show so much. Not only do I relate to every episode, it always puts me in a better mood and motivates me to do something bigger with my life. It's given a little extra push I needed to start making a successful online business without a huge social media following. Thank you, ladies, for always brightening my day. Keep doing what you do. Oh, thank you so oh, much. That, that is, is so, so nice. Um, yeah, we just, we love you guys. Go give us an iTunes rating and review if you haven't yet. And um, we got to wrap it up for today, but we hope you have a wonderful week and we will talk to you very soon. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 